Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Monday, that's right, Monday, January 11th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'll be taking you guys through the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. So on the weekend, uh, I had kind of an announcement to make. I put it on my Twitter, but it wasn't in time for me to put it on the podcast last Thursday. But I talked to Nick, who runs the site, and he's going to allow me to do a third podcast a week. So back to three podcasts, which is great. Um, I prefer to do five personally, but I think three is three is much better than two. The biggest problem was like we were running into a time crunch pretty much every episode where we get to the full hour mark. And basically at about an hour, it, it makes it complicated to upload the podcast online. So I try to keep it at an hour. Um, and the biggest problem I was finding was there's just too many questions, especially in the last few minutes of the show. And I wanted to answer them, but I just wasn't able to because we did so much uh, other stuff in the podcast. So we do have a third hour now during the week. So, I mean, this is, this is great for everyone, I think. We're going to have a lot more time to talk about in May. We have more time to answer questions. Now, the third show, I'm going to tentatively say it's going to be Monday at 10 a.m. Because I think that, not this week necessarily, this is more like an introduction to the podcast again. But I think in general, it's good to have a third show that recaps the fights from the weekend. One of the biggest problems that I, I was finding and, and Cole was finding it too was there was just too much to talk about on Tuesday morning. And me and him love talking about the sport, but to cram a recap and a full preview in one hour was getting kind of difficult, uh, especially some of these cards that have like, like a lot of fights, 15, 60 fights. So like I said, we're going to do three a week now. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, 10 a.m. Monday, 10 a.m. is going to be a recap. Most likely it's going to be me solo. I think Monday morning is a tough ask to get people to – to guess, but I probably will get a few people here and there to come on and talk with, with the fights that happened on the weekend with me. Um, Tuesday morning is going to be just like last year, me and Cole breaking down all the fights for that weekend's card. So we'll be doing full card previews Tuesday morning, 10 a.m. That's not changed from last year. One positive change is Thursdays, Marcel Dorf, who I think a lot of people really like, including myself. He's been coming on a lot lately and just killing it, man. Like so knowledgeable, so passionate. He'll be joining me a lot more often on Thursdays. I'm not saying it's going to be every week. Marcel does have a full-time job outside of MMA, so it's going to be difficult for him to come on every Thursday. But I'm going to try to get him on as much as I can, especially during weeks where there's like Bellator, because I, I want to hear Marcel break down the fights. The problem is we can't have him do UFC with me and Cole because three people, it's just too many cooks in the kitchen for a one-hour show. So it's just going to be me and Cole on Tuesday. But I think with Marcel, uh, it would be great to get him on to do Bellator previews and stuff. As far as next week goes, I'm not sure how it's going to work yet with the Wednesday card. Most likely, I'll, I'll just do the preview with Cole on, on Thursday as well. But because uh, the, there's again, there's a Wednesday and Saturday card, so me and Cole will be doing the preview next Tuesday for the Wednesday card, and then the Saturday card will probably be on Thursday with Cole. But it might be with Marcel. I'll let you guys know. But either way, I just wanted to get an update to the podcast because you know last year was a good year, it was a growing year for the show. I understand that the views aren't there yet. I get it. I, I'd like for them to be more. It's it's difficult. I mean, listen, like there's a lot of podcasts out there. And uh, we're not a big website. We don't have a ton of subscribers, but it's growing slowly but surely. And I think you guys know I'm pretty committed to this. I mean, I've been doing it, you know, three times, two times a week, five times a week, two years ago. So I mean, I've been doing it quite often and I'm always here doing the podcast. We don't take weeks off. We don't take days off here. So, you know, hopefully the podcast grows this year. I, again, I understand there's a lot of competition out there. There's a lot of different shows that people want to watch, but I do think that uh, we have a pretty good show here and I hope you guys enjoyed. So, just wanted to give an update to the show as we head into 2021. So again, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, tentatively, those are the three dates for the podcast every week at 10 a.m. Eastern. Join us here on YouTube, 
and sending any questions. Now, the other thing is, obviously, you can listen to it after the show's done on YouTube, or you can download it, Apple, Google, Spotify, Anchor. There's a lot of places you can listen to this podcast. Uh, again, I'm just trying to get the word out, guys. I understand it's difficult, and there's a ton of podcasts out there. And again, we don't work for a big website, but I do think we have enough good content here that people should be listening to the show. So just wanted to say that. All right. I think that's enough of my little spiel to open up the show. Obviously, uh, there's no card to preview today. I'll be doing that with Cole tomorrow. But I do want to talk about all the news that happened on the weekend. There was quite a bit of it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull up bjpen.com, one of my homes, and I'll go through the news with you guys. Let's do this. BJ. There he is. All right, great. There's a lot to talk about. I mean, there really is. So the first thing I want to talk about is Dana White because Dana had a few comments yesterday that are definitely interesting. Here's the one I want to get to first. Dana White will press Khabib Nurmagomedov to fight again, and he likes the Conor McGregor rematch. So, uh, I mean, it's not like Dana saying anything that's going to surprise anyone here. We already knew that he wanted to do this fight with Conor Khabib again. The problem is Conor doesn't really deserve it, and Khabib doesn't want that fight. I think Khabib still wants that GSP fight. We'll talk about it in a second because GSP actually had some comments this weekend, past weekend, um, ahead of his Hall of Fame induction. So, as far as Khabib and uh, Dana go, it's just bizarre to me because how many times has Dana sat at a press uh, press conference and was like, you know, this guy's retired. If the guy's retired, he should probably stay retired. Like, you know, if a guy doesn't want to fight, don't make him fight. But he's doing that with Habib. Habib retired. Habib said, I don't want to fight anymore. And Dana, Dana White's the only guy pressing him. Like, I feel like most fans are like respectful and are like, all right, if he wants to come back at some point and make that 30 and 0 run, cool. But I don't feel like there's that many fans are like in this massive rush to see Habib fight again. Don't get me wrong, man. I love Habib. The Connor rematch is an intriguing fight. The first fight we saw Dominic was there, but it could be a different fight. We don't really know. So I also know that obviously it's a huge fight for the UFC financially. I can understand why they're making this fight. They want to make this fight, I should say. Connor has to beat Poirier, and that's not an easy task. I, I think there's a chance he could lose that fight. So we'll see what happens in two weeks at UFC 257. But I just find it really bizarre how Dana is so like gung-ho about not, you know, convincing guys to come out of retirement or if a guy says he wants to retire, Dana's never like, oh, you should fight again. But with Habib, he does. Just because he knows it's going to make him a lot of money, which, I mean, I guess he's a promoter. That's his job. But it just seems kind of weird. Um, let's On the topic of Dana, let's go to this one next. Dana White and Robert Whitaker. I don't think he's going to get a title shot next. So he had some comments about Whitaker. Basically, that's what he said. He's like, I don't think Whitaker's going to get a title shot. Here's, the, here's what happened there. There's a lot of miscommunication. I think the same thing is happening with uh, Rosenam and Yunus and Dana White right now. I don't know if it's an issue with the fighter or their management, but it seems like there's miscommunication in both regards. Now, as far as Dana White and Robert Whitaker go, after Whitaker beat Jared Cannonier, he was asked about Whitaker or uh, about Adesanya, and Whitaker basically said, I want to enjoy the Christmas with my family. I, I don't feel like I want to fight right now. I want to take a few months off. When he said that, Dana White basically suggested that he was saying, I don't want to fight for the belt. I don't want to fight Izzy again. And like a week after that, Dana White went and booked the fight with Blahovitz without Asanya, which pretty much screws Whitaker out of a title shot now because he is the number one contender at middleweight. He deserves a rematch. He really does because he's won two straight fights since his last fight against Whitaker, against uh, Till and Kanyar. He's won two fights since the Adesanya loss, I should say. Generally, that's enough to get a rematch, especially a guy like Whitaker, who was a champ and he defended his belt a couple times. I feel like he's been kind of screwed here. Um, and I feel like the same thing's happening to Rose a little bit. Obviously, Rose uh, wasn't as successful as a champion, but she was a former champion. And Dana White now is saying, 
she doesn't want to fight Zhang. She doesn't want to step in the cage with her. You know, he's not, he hasn't gone so far as to say these fighters are scared. At least I'll give Dana credit there. But that's basically what he's saying when he's like, I don't think these guys want to fight. Or in the case of Net Rose, a woman, I don't think they want to fight. It's just funny because the fighters have gone on record saying it's wrong. In Whitaker's case, he basically said, like, Dana got it wrong. He's like, I didn't say I didn't want to fight. Sorry, I do want to fight him. I just don't think March works for me. That's what he said. And now, uh, I saw he's fighting Jan in March instead. The problem is, it holds up the division now at 185 for three more, two or three more months at least. Because that fight's what, May, March, uh, what, 9th or something like that? So, March 10th. I mean, listen, it's going to hold up the division for a couple months at least. And it could hold up even longer then. Because just say Izzy does win that belt, he's favored to win that fight. You could be seeing the rest of the middleweight division being held up the rest of 2021, which is definitely not the right thing. If anything, he's saying he won't get a title shot next, maybe not against Asanya, but I still think if, if Izzy wins that fight, he'll probably be asked to either vacate the belt or they'll just create an interim title at 185, and I think Whitaker could fight for that. But right now, he's not getting that title shot according to Dana White, which, again, I think some fans are going to be a little ticked off at Dana for kind of how he's gone after Whitaker. It's kind of weird. It's just bizarre. But, you know, it's possible that Whitaker is one of these guys that might be better off not being a champ, as stupid as that might sound. But there are some fighters that, and he's talked about himself with the pressure of being a champion. Demetrius Johnson was the perfect example, and he lost to this guy right here, Cejudo. And after loss, he said he felt like a relief off his shoulders that he finally lost the belt and didn't have to like worry about being a champ anymore. Maybe Whitaker's one of those guys that just performs better as a non-champion. I'm not too sure, but I just know in his title fights, he did struggle a little bit with Romero, and then he got knocked out by Adesanya. Either way, I do think he's getting a little bit screwed here because if his goal is to fight for the belt, he won't be fighting for the belt for quite a while. Uh, probably by the end of the year, he might get a title shot. It's, it's but pretty much it rests on is he moving up or not, um, and staying there because he's moving up to 205, but he's gonna stay there, he's gonna win the belt. All right, uh, Dana White, uh, yeah, what else? Basically, yeah, I mean, like, listen, like the guy had he's had a lot of comments lately, he's did a few interviews. UFC's ramping back up to gear for 2021. You're gonna hear a lot from Dana in the next couple weeks, but he is meeting Khabib this week, so that's interesting. Because they're going to be in Abu Dhabi, and he's going to try to figure out how he can get him to come back again. Even though I think a lot of us are like, whatever. I mean, uh, listen, I'll watch the Conor rematch. I don't think it's a bad fight. It's kind of interesting, but for me, the only reason I want to see him be fighting is if he fights GSP. And you know, I think GSP is a good guy to talk about now because he actually had some comments recently um, this weekend. He did an interview with UFC, and and uh, this was something that really stood out to me. He actually, had a really good interview. He talked about a lot of stuff. GSP is so insightful. He was talking about the goat and stuff. He's talked about that a little bit before. And by the way, he thinks the goat's Hoyt's crazy, if anyone's wondering. But uh, I thought this quote was really interesting. I miss winning, but I don't miss fighting. Very interesting. So, man, I mean, the guy is so introspective, right? Like, he really is. Basically, what he was saying was, like, I don't miss stepping the octagon. He said the stress was unbearable for him. We, he talked about that when he first retired against Johnny Hendricks, when he stepped away from the sport, I should say. He talked about that, the stress of being the champ and stuff, like I was just saying with Robert Whitaker. And he was talking about how it was eating him alive and stuff. And he says basically he's content with not fighting ever again, but he still misses the feeling of winning. He said he misses the rewards. He was, it's actually a really good quote. He was saying, you know, when he was champ, he was getting all the girls, all the money, all the fame, all the access. He misses that stuff, but he doesn't miss actually stepping into the octagon and fighting another human being and taking damage. That's the tough part of fighting, right? Everyone says the training. The training is the, the brutal part. Don't get me wrong. The training is hard. The training is so hard. And he still trains. 
But the actual fight and the mental toll it takes is something that I don't think a lot of people understand unless you've actually been in there. And with George St. Pierre, I mean, no one's really been in the octagon more than him. So, you know, he's a guy I'll always respect. And anytime George St. Pierre speaks, I listen to what he has to say. And this was, to me, a very interesting quote, in my opinion. All right, what else do we got here? I'm going to go up a little bit here to Diego Sanchez. Diego Sanchez announces his next fight will be his last. Interesting. So, listen, like Diego Sanchez, you can say what you want about the guy, and I get that he's hung on too long. I think that's fair to say. His last few performances is not very good. I know he beat Pereira, but come on. I mean, that was disqualification because Pereira's low fight IQ. But, I mean, that should have been a loss, and he lost to Chiesa. He got dominated. He lost to Jake Matthews. got dominated. His last win was, I think, Mickey Gall, which was a nice win. Don't get me wrong. Craig Whitey beat too. Those are good wins. But, you know, at this point, he's 39 years old. He's taking a ton of damage. And here's the thing about Diego Sanchez. He's been in the UFC longer than anyone. Now, if you look at the roster, Arlovsky actually fought before him. I think Arlovsky fought like UFC 28 or something. So he's been in the UFC longer, but he had a long break where he's with strike force, affliction, et cetera. Diego Sanchez has been in the UFC since 2005, full time. And he's fought every year since then. So the guy is, to me, a legend of the sport. And I don't think he gets a lot of respect from fans, which bothers me because it's a guy that is did so much of the sport he's the first ultimate fighter winner he was a massive star back in the day i remember in the, the mid-2000s like diego sanchez was one of the first starts first legitimate stars during the television era of the ufc and it's really sad that now 15 years later he's just being used as basically a, a gatekeeper for prospects like jake matthews etc but not only that just the way fans have treated him and they've kind of made him into like the butt end of a joke and him and his coach, Josh Fabian. I get that it's partly Diego's fault because he's aligned himself with this Fabia guy who a lot of people think is a snake oil salesman, essentially. But with Diego Sanchez, you know, you've got to respect the guy because he's been in the UFC for so long. He's had so many wars. The guy's a legend. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame, guys. Whether you like it or not, he'll be in the Hall of Fame. And I think it's kind of sad to see him go, you know, but I think it's definitely the right time to go. I, I think he should have left a couple fights ago. The question is, who does he fight? And basically he said in the past that he wants to fight like a veteran kind of in the same standing as him. So looking at the UFC roster, there's a few guys that kind of stand out to me. I think Donald Cerrone is a guy that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I don't know if they train together anymore, but I know obviously they have it. Greg Jackson's gym. I think that'd be a fun fight. Two guys really on the decline. Cerrone is also on a losing streak. That'd be a fun fight. I don't mind that fight at all. Another fight would be Damian Maya. One thing I like about that fight, and I understand Damian Maya is ranked, I think in the top 10 still possibly, but the thing is, we know Damian Maia is probably at the end of his career, too. He's never been submitted before Diego Sanchez. Damian Maia is the master of submissions. That's why I like that matchup, because I actually want to see if Diego could be submitted or not in the final fight of his career. My guess is Damian's going to have a hard time taking him, uh, taking his back and, and choking him out, just like the John Fitch fight where he had the backpack position a lot of the fight, but wasn't able to actually get that finishing squeeze in. So I don't mind that fight. I think that's the kind of fight he should be having. I understand Maia's rank. I get that. Maya could still probably beat a couple guys in the top 15. The thing with Maya is he's said that he wants to retire. You know, he's he's taking a lot of damage. You got an October burn. So I think Maya's one more fight. I, I would be interested in this fight, guys, just because again, Diego's never been submitted. So it would be really cool to see if Maya was the first guy to do it. Remember, he has had his back for 15 minutes, couldn't do it. So it'd be interesting to see if Maya could actually do it. But honestly, Diego's submission defense is quite legendary. So, again, you know, you can say what you want about the guy. He's held on too long. His record in the UFC is not that great, but he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. And I think that whole cast from tough, Dana White has said he would want to consider them uh, all in the Hall of Fame at one point. What else do I got here? There's a lot of, there's a lot of news, guys. I mean, there really was. Uh, let's go to some other stuff here. I want to get to – let's see here. Where is it? Irvin Rivera. I mean, this is something i got to talk about here. So, Irvin Rivera is the next guy I want to mention. 
he's being accused of of murdering or trying to murder, I should say attempted murder. He didn't murder them, but attempted murder of his sisters with scissors or something like that. It's just a really it's a really crazy story. It's a really sad story, to be honest. And you read it, look, it says Ur Rivera's family claims something evil took over him. It's a sad story, man. And, and his sisters are very uh, protective of their brother. And they said, basically, this is not like our brother. He's never did something like this, never been a violent person. I don't know what happened in this guy, but this is extremely sad. And uh, it's scary, too, because the question is, and he's only, this is a guy that's only been in the UFC for a little while. I think he made his debut on Fight Island last year or something. But the question that a lot of people are going to have is, what's the connection between brain trauma and MMA? And did Irma Rivera basically try to pull Chris Benoit in this situation? And Benoit was successful in killing his family, the former WWF wrestler. I mean, Chris Benoit was one of my favorite wrestlers in the 90s. He really was. When I was a kid, I loved the guy. And then he killed his family. It's, it's extremely sad. Now we know that obviously he had he had CTE. Does Irma Rivera have CTE? Is that the reason this happened? I really don't know. I just think there's a lot more to the story than being like, you know, this guy tried to kill his sisters. He's a terrible person. There's more to this story than we know so far. Um, but it's extremely sad. And right now he's at a mental health facility. So hopefully he gets the help he needs. I'm just looking at Rivera's record. Irma Rivera, 31-year-old fighter, born in 1989. So he's one year younger than me, actually. Uh, he is 10 and 6 in his career. Been fighting as a pro since 2014. In the UFC, he is 1 and 2. He beat out Ikeasi and he lost to Juga Chikatsi and Andre Ewell. Not a bad fighter. He's a former Titan FC champion, but again, you know, he's got some demons he's got to deal with. I just think it's a really sad story. And, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that's easy to like write a headline about and be like UFC fighter accused of, mur of attempted murder of sisters. That's a lazy person's headline. There's a lot more going on here than that. And I really am curious to see uh, if it's something that's brain trauma related or, or CT related. I don't know if they could even find that out until after he passed away and they could look in his brain, but clearly something's going on with this guy. And I think he was released in UFC as well. Yeah, he was released. So it's unfortunate. He was supposed to actually fight Ray Rodriguez, um, but you know, he lost that. And this guy's going to be facing, you know, years in prison, but we'll see what happens. Cause you know, it doesn't seem like his sisters want to press charges from what I'm reading. Uh, but the, the, uh, the state could. So Interesting, interesting uh, situation, but hopefully this guy gets the help he needs. I hope his sisters are okay. I mean, it's just a really sad situation, honestly. All right, let's go. What else do we got here? Um, yeah, Paige Red Dance fight got announced for BKFC February 5th against Britton Hart. I don't know who she is, to be honest. I think she's fought Beck Rawlings, but I have to look at her tape before I watch that fight. But yeah, we'll definitely get odds on that fight. I'm sure Paige will be a big favorite. What else we got here? It's funny. This is actually interesting. Conor McGregor's featherweight uh, return is achievable, says nutritionist. So his nutritionist is saying, it's possible Connor could get down to uh, this weight class again, 145. I don't think that's a good idea, personally. You know, I think at 170, the guy is fit. He is healthy. He's full. He doesn't have to cut weight. At 155, I think it's a similar situation. He has to cut a little bit of weight. 145, Connor. I just, I don't know. You know, I, I could see why his nutritionist would say this, just to get some headlines out there. Tristan Kennedy, but this is BS to me. Connor's not making 145 again, guys. So to me, this is just his nutritionist talking smack. I mean, we've seen the pictures. The guy, like, where is he going to lose the weight from? Like, obviously, he can lose some muscle, I guess, but 10 pounds of muscle and they get to 145 healthy and they have a like a safe, healthy fight the next day. I don't know if it's possible, man. Especially like at his age, he's in his you know early 30s, but still, it's not like he's 25 like he once was, right? It's different. 
What else we got here? <laughs> Connor, your best shape. Yeah, of course he's in good shape. Charles Oliveira doesn't his doesn't want title shot. Or he wants title shot. He doesn't want Justin Gaethje. Um, that's the rumor that's been out there. Justin Gaethje versus Oliveira, but they want uh, they want title shot. And, you know, I love Gaethje, and he's the former interim champ, obviously. But you know, after or yeah, he's the interim champ. Then he lost to Habib, so. To me, he's got to rebuild himself. Like, Oliver's won eight straight fights. Why should Gaethje get, get him, you know? To me, Oliver, after being Ferguson, he's deserving of that shot. But the problem is, obviously, that division is just so complicated right now. And I think it's the same as middleweight. You know, we have to see what happens with Khabib and Connor and Poirier. So that's probably why they're saying Gaethje. But, you know, I'm not saying this is a bad fight. It's a fun fight. I just think Oliver really does deserve the shot because eight straight wins is it's not a joke, especially the way he beat Ferguson. He dominated him. What else we got here? Figueroa and Suhi are going back. Calls him a fat, so that's funny. Yeah, they're going back and forth. I love it. Uh, I'd like to see this fight in 2021. It seems like there's some momentum building towards it, so we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I mean, at this point, I, I still think Suhudo really wants that fight with uh, with Volkanovski to make that third victory, third weight class, third championship like history in the UFC. But I think that Figueroa is more likely, if anything, just because – once he beats, if he beats Moreno, I should say once he beats, because that fight's going to be interesting. But if he beats Moreno, who's next? Is it Askarov? Is it Garbrandt? Or could Cejudo jump back in? I think right now, Figueroa is becoming a bigger star, and Cejudo seeing that, he might want to take advantage of that. And I think Cejudo could beat Figueroa. I think he's one of the few guys that could beat him, because we saw what happened when Figueroa lost to UCA Formiga two years ago. He got out wrestled, and I think that Cejudo would probably want to replicate the same game plan. In fact, he actually had an interview with Kabachi, and he said the same thing. He basically said, uh, Davison's got no wrestling. He's a good fighter, but he has no wrestling. That's basically what he said. All right, what else? Tatiana Suarez. Man, I love this girl, but she hasn't fought in forever. She hasn't fought since June 2019 when she fought Nina Ansaroff. So it's been a while. I thought she was a champ the first time I saw her in Ultimate Fighter, and I saw her in the Octagon. She won Ultimate Fighter. I still think she could be a champ with her wrestling, but she's got to get healthy. Her neck apparently is feeling better. She's targeting a summer return, and I would assume she gets a top five opponent. I mean, she she, she should. And I think if she wins that fight, she probably should get a title shot. You know, I'd like to see her fight for the belt personally, but with the two-year layoff, she should take a, I wouldn't say even a layup fight. She's going to have to fight someone tough. She's going to have to fight a tough fight opponent. She might have to fight you on or something like those are tough fights, but i got a lot of respect for her, man. Beating cancer, coming to the UFC and dominating. I really like her a lot. And one other women's note here, Chris Cyborg says she's willing to fight Katz and Gano. If Scott Coker asked her, and to be honest with you, I actually did an article on, on Cyborg last week when she was teasing her next fight. There really isn't that many options in Bellator. Like she's beaten a lot of the fighters that she could fight. And the other, the only one that's really like a big name is Cassie Gano, who had a really lackluster performance against Gabby Hall in her debut where like she almost lost that fight. So, you know, Kat probably wants one more fight just to get a little bit more of the rust off her. Like she had a long layoff. She's been dealing a lot the last few years. Like Remember, like, she left the UFC. She had the eye injury. Her husband had committed suicide, like, four or five years ago. Like, Cassie Gano's dealt with a lot the last couple of years. I think she might want to have one more fight. But Bellator would be like, you know what? We're paying you this much money. You got to go fight Cyborg. And I think that is the best fight they can make. I mean, Cassie Gano, she knocked out Mandy. She knocked out Misha Tate. She does have the ability to win this fight. But I think Chris Cyborg would be a big favorite. I thought this was interesting. Paul Xavier was really angry with the rankings. But to be honest, like, the guy hadn't fought in – he hasn't fought in over two years. So I don't know what I'm saying. I don't really understand his argument. In general, the, the thing that I did agree with him was he's like, and this is why Ortega says his name here. He basically said, Ortega, you know, why is he in the rankings? Why is Brian Ortega in the rankings? It should be me. So I thought that was interesting. But, you know, he's saying, why is Ortega, why was he never pulled out for two years? 
Then he got to fight Korean Zombie and he maintained his number one spot. Why did I get pulled out? I think he's got a point there. Take this call for Daniel. <laughs> the overgrown midget Volkanovsky. Hey, Daniel. Good morning, man. Hope you join us for Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays, buddy. We enjoy having you. Uh, yeah, that's funny. I, I still think that's a good fight, though. You know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that fight. It'd be a fun one. What else we got? There's a few other things here, guys. Uh, Poirier and McGregor, it's already sold out. The tickets were crazy prices, but they got sold out. Yan reopened as a bank favorite. Smaller bank favorite. I think it was minus 145 this time. He opened at minus 185 last time. It's an interesting fight. UFC 259 has three title fights on it, by the way. Right there. What else we got here? I think that's going to be it for news, actually. I think I got most of my news. Yeah. Oh, Marlon Marais is having shoulder surgery. I wonder if he's going to be able to 60 guys cut. Like, I, the more I thought about it, I wrote the article. I didn't mention that out of respect to Marlon because he did lose two straight fights and he says he's trying to come back. So I, I understand he's got a lot more problems he's facing right now with his shoulder surgery. But you got to wonder if he's one of those guys that the UFC might end up releasing just because his salary is pretty high. All right. That's it for that. That was fun doing the news, right? All right. So, what else we got here? Look at my itinerary. So news is good. If you guys have questions, send them in. I'll answer anything. I'm going to go to Marcel's page. I'm not sure if Marcel's here. Right now. He's probably at work delivering the mail. But if he's not, he might be here. So we'll go to his page and we'll share his screen. We'll do some fight announcements. And then, uh, like I said, if you guys have questions, go in, throw them in there, and we'll answer them. If not, I'll probably get out of here a little bit earlier today. This fight's been moved. Okay, actually, it wasn't moved. Nick Lentz was moved, I should say. Mike Grundy's out, and Mofsar of Love, who just beat Mike Grundy, ironically, fights Nick Lentz. Now, Mofsar of Love was supposed to fight Nate Landwehr last month. He got COVID-19. I don't think Landwehr's been booked yet, which is messed up. So if Love actually got a fight before the guy who didn't get COVID, even though he is the one who got COVID, that's kind of weird to me. But either way, I actually like this fight. There is betting odds already. If Love opened, I think, at minus 400, and Nick Lentz at plus 300. Not much respect for Nick Lentz there by the odds makers. Listen, I get that Avlov is undefeated. He's a beast. I get it. But, man, but Lentz is a guy. Look at his record in the UFC. 14-8-1-1. That's a decent record. He's been around for a long time. 24 fights. That's a lot of, that's a lot of fights. This is 25th fight in the UFC. So you got to give Nick Lentz a lot of respect because I, I remember him like 10 years ago when he first came to UFC. He was super boring. One of the most boring guys. And people were like, this guy should be cut. But he had this fight with Evan Dunham where he just stood up and traded in. It was a doctor stoppage for Dunham. But it showed the UFC that, listen, this guy is willing to adapt his style. And over the years, he has. Let's give some credit to Nick Lentz. He is still a grinder at heart, but he's shown a lot more striking in the last few years. We saw the head kick knockout on Gray Maynard and stuff. So, you know, Nick Lentz is a, is a decent fighter. I, I You know, I think if Love probably does win, but I just think the odds are a little bit a little bit high considering how, many, how much experience he has. 24 fights compared to three like that's a big experience difference yeah but you don't like Lance, huh he probably does lose i mean the odds are what they are i love love law i'm just saying like i just think minus 400 seems a little high all right rodrigo bentor versus kai Kira france i like this fight too two of the top flyweights in the world i think they're both in the top 15 but Torin, two and one ufc k hermans four and two but Torrens look pretty good but kai Kira france i think more much more polished fighter i think a lot of people really like this guy he has lost some fights he should have won, maybe, but overall, I think he's a pretty damn solid fighter, man. And you know, losing to Royval, it's not a big deal, and and to Moreno, especially the Moreno fight. I was at that fight, two forty-five. It was a hell of a fight, man. It was a super close fight. So, you know, this guy is still a top ten guy, in my opinion. Batorin is trying to get there. Uh, he actually might be right in the top ten. I can't remember now, but you know, they're both top fifteen guys. I would favor France, though. What else? I love this fight. I love this one. Cody Stamen versus Morab Devalishvili, or Devalishvili. I've heard different pronunciations, but uh, 
Yeah, I like this fight a lot. I mean, both top 15 guys. Cody's number 14. Marab's number 13. Cody's 5-2-1 in the UFC. Marab's 5-2. So I think it's just a perfect fight. The winner will get that, like, step up to a top 10 opponent. I thought Marab should have been there already. Like, this guy, five-fight win streak, he's just been unreal. And he beat John Dodson's last fight to get in the rankings. Cody Stamen's been pretty good in the UFC, too. He's had a few fights I think he should have won. Like, I think he could have beat Rivera if he had just a smarter game plan in that fight, but he got outstruck. That won't happen here. He's going to obviously try to uh, avoid the shot from Marab, who's going to try to take him down at will. Marab's been successful at pretty much taking down anyone that he's fought, but we have seen some struggles early in his career in the UFC against uh, Ricky Simone and Frankie Sainz, and that Frankie Sainz fight kind of makes me wonder, like, if Stamey can keep it standing, can he outstrike Marab? I know Marab's got some striking, but it's an interesting fight. I really like the matchup. I expect the odds to be close. Marab probably is favored just because of the win streak, but Cody Stamey matches up well. What else we got here? I love this fight too. This is another great one, man. Song Yudong versus Kyra Phillips. I love both these guys. Song Yudong, 5-0-1. Let's be honest, he probably lost the fight to Marlon Vera. I think that's why he's getting a step down. And then Kyra Phillips, 2-0. No, he's looked amazing in the UFC. Both his performances, Cameron Nelson, Gabriel Silva's looked incredible. This, the guy's a stud. I'm a little surprised between this fight because you look at the ages, guys. What's it's 26, right? And 25. Like, I, I'm just a little surprised they're, they're booking two prospects like that. Um, you know, at this point in their career, but I guess they're they're looking at actually. I, I I'm not sure if that age is correct, by the way, because I'm seeing different ages for Yadong. Um, I'm seeing 23 on Tapology and Wikipedia and Sherdog, but it, it, you know that guy's age kind of confused me too. Because looking through his fights, he had some fights when he was like apparently like 14 years old in China. I think I don't know if his age is correct. So actually, Marcel actually might have the right age, and if he is three years older than what he, I originally thought he was, this is actually more interesting now. Because I thought he was 23. He might be 26, which is a huge difference, obviously. Anyways, I love this fight. I just, you know, it's an interesting fight. I, I'm just surprised they're doing this matchup. But uh, great fight. This one is kind of interesting. Both these chicks look really mean. <laughs> some mean mugs there, Marcel. You got some good pictures of them. Livia, Renata Souza, and Amanda Limos. I mean, listen, both these uh, women's fighters are, they're both solid. You know, Vesuza's number 15. Lemos, I don't think she's ranked, but she's someone who had some nice wins. The Granger win was really nice in any way. It's a good fight. Don't get me wrong. It's a good fight. Uh, anyways, just – sorry, uh, Vesuza's much more experienced, though. You know, she's got 16 fights, and Lemos has got 10, but UFC experience 42, and also the uh, – 4-3, I should say. And the Invicta experience, obviously, a former champion. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, I – I guess I would favor Susan a little bit. I got to read this fight a little bit more, but uh, I'm expecting a decent scrap. I mean, like I said, both these women look really mean and nasty in these pictures. That's a great picture, Marcel. Good job. You should get all the mean pictures for everyone, all the fighters. We get some comments from Daniel. He says he's got fun torn. He thinks Carr is done. I'll take Stamen. He thinks he's more well-rounded and he's scared of wrestling. Yeah, that's an interesting fight. I got to look into that one. Also, there's some talk on Twitter that Murad might have COVID and they might have to push that fight back. I hope it's not the case, but that's what I saw. Yeah, right. We're surprised fight Young. Weird. I like it, but weird. Yeah, I'm surprised his manager would accept that fight, actually. Kyler Phillips could beat him. I think he's got a good chance. That line should be close. I just think it's the UFC saying, you know what? We didn't think he beat Vera, so you're taking a step back, and we're going to give Phillips a guy who we think has a better chance of maintaining success in the top 15 a shot. All right, what else we got here? This is a rebook, and we've talked about this fight, Muhammad versus Lima. Um, you guys know who I like in this fight. I don't think it's going to change. That's it. Peter Yan Sterling rebooking and. This one's taking place next Wednesday. Uh, Ricky Simone versus Gaetano Perello. I don't know a lot about Perello, but I'll have to look into him a little bit more. But we know Simone is definitely a decent fighter. Wu Yen, Wu Yen and Jocelyn Edwards. Marcel talked about that fight last week when he was on. So that's it for that one.
See what he says here, Daniel Edwards. Half of the most in that one. I might make a return to my betting this this way. You quit betting? I thought you were still doing it, man. Or you're just doing boxing parlays now. Anyone have any more questions? Throw them in there, guys. I'll answer them. But uh, I think I got most of the stuff I want to cover. Again, full card preview tomorrow with Cole at 11 a.m. Or 10 a.m., I should say. 10 a.m. Eastern tomorrow. Should be good. I'm excited to do that with Cole. Um... I'm just trying to think of anything else. Like, there's, I don't have anything else on my list right now. I didn't think it was be a full show today. But if anyone has questions, throw them in there, guys. I'll answer them. The only other thing I'll do is really quickly. I'm not going to talk about these fights in general, but I'm going to just pull them up so you guys see it. The odds for tomorrow. They're sure not well tomorrow. The podcast done. Well, it's for Saturday, so obviously, and that's next Wednesday. So we have full odds for all these cards. You know, the odds makers are working hard. They have odds up to like March, so. Give them some credit too. Like these guys are getting ahead of themselves. But yeah, you'll see an ABC one full preview tomorrow. Um, just trying to think what else. I think that's it. Well, let me pull up Odds Breaker because that's the home. I'm gonna pull up the home of the, of the show. See if there's anything else I forgot to plug. Um, AG's got some stuff here. You gotta check out his stuff. Good stuff. And then I had an article: Top Ten Breakout Candidates in 2021. Interesting article. If you want to check that out all the podcasts and everything. So um, hopefully Cole can start doing a little bit of writing for us as well. Just wanted to plug that. And I think that's it really, guys. I mean, I don't have anything else to talk about. Daniel says he's he's just going to do boxing. That's fair, man. Listen, MMA betting is hard, guys. It really is. You know, there's there's a lot of people out there that are, you know, going to promise you winnings and, and millions. And, you know, you look at Twitter and everyone's like winning money every week. These guys are lying, guys. Seriously, you got to remember that. There are people that are successful, but in general – People are breaking even or they're, you know, maybe winning a little bit of money. In general, I think most people are losing money, you know. So just just be careful. And, and you know, I, I would say, you know, do your research. Enjoy the sport. I think betting on the sport, it gives you a different vantage point of watching a fight. You know, just pick your spots and watch your bankroll. You know, there's a lot of things you can talk about, really. You know, as far as advice, I was giving it last week, but. Uh, at the end of the day, guys, you know, it's not easy. And if it was, everyone would be doing this and everyone would be rich. So, you know, handicapping fights, is it's it's fun, though. I enjoy doing it. That's why I do it every week. So, you know, I, I hope that you guys can make some money off of it. Just remember that, uh, you know, not everything you see on social media is truth. And every time you see someone saying, you know, posting a winning bet, just remember that they probably have three losing bets to that one winning bet. So just remember that, guys. Um, so, Daniel, I know that you had some struggles last year, I think you were saying, but, you know, hopefully you're a little bit more successful this year. And that goes for everyone listening to this podcast. It's going to be a great year, guys. I'm excited about it. Starts tomorrow with uh, first picks of the year, UFC and ABC1. I got to break down that whole card today. I'll be spending my whole day researching that card. So, anyways, I think that's it for today's podcast, guys. I really appreciate everyone tuned in. Uh, shorter show today, but, again, I'll be back tomorrow 10 a.m. And then Thursday 10 a.m. with Marcel. Tomorrow with Cole, Thursday Marcel. And going forward, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. Right now, Monday is the plan for the recap. Having said that, you know, if there is interest in a weekend show, it's possible I could accommodate that. But most likely it's going to be Monday at 10 a.m. to do the recaps. All right, guys, that's it for today's show. Appreciate everyone who tuned in. And Daniel, I appreciate you sending those questions in, man. Good luck with your bets. And I'll talk to you guys tomorrow at 10 a.m. with Cole. Have a good one. Bye.